Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Nudie. This week I had a very special guest, my boyfriend Scott Dagnell Leach, and he talks about his story coming from England to the United States and the journey he took in order to get here. He left everything he knew and came to a country where he barely knew anyone, probably just his roommate, his his host family. Um, so he talks about a little bit of his story and his reaction to it and how he was able to evolve from it. I hope you guys enjoy. Cheers. So Salute. Chick started a tradition where she started a little melody for nudie. Mm. Do you want to try one? <coughs> nudie, nudie, nudie. I'm not sure I'd go from here. I'd have to think of like uh, a few rhymes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nudie, nudie, nudie. We'll circle back. You're so prudy. <laughs> mm. I forgot what that word means, to be honest. Mm. Could be. Um, so I just want to say that Scott requested to be. That is an absolute lie. <laughs> Dan, Danny gives it the old. Um, I was thinking. <laughs> I had an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I think your life is very interesting, and I just wanted to talk about it. Is that why you chose me? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) The intrigue equals attraction. All right. So just tell me a little (coughs) bit about where you came from and your family. Um, Okay. Well, despite popular belief, and that's Danny's belief, I'm not from Disney. I am from Hazelgrove, which <laughs> is uh, <laughs> which is um, in Stockport, in South Manchester, and my family, just like generally, working class mother, working class father. <laughs> <laughs> Your childhood. Um. Yeah, I mean, I only really remember Hazelgrove. We'd moved when I was very young, but I don't really remember that house too much. Um. And the childhood home on Talkerton Road, shout out, is um, was great for like raising kids. Like my mom says to this day, like it was a perfect house for it. Like big garden, big house. Like is that where we went to <coughs> see? Yeah, that yeah, w- the oh picture okay. that you took across the road. Okay. Yeah, and I think my mom actually sold it to like you know young parents who had like a few kids or whatever. She's like, you gotta love it. It's definitely a homey neighborhood. Yeah, but it's also across the road from Talkington Park, which is like. You know, when you're growing up and you start going out with your friends or whatever else, like a park across the road is like great. Yeah. There's there's just activities to be had. But um, no, we'd grown up there and the primary school wasn't too far um, down the road, probably like a five minute drive. <coughs> it was next to like a big estate, which you guys would call a neighborhood where like all my friends lived. Um, and so like you'd play there as well. And it sort of backed off onto the park like through alleyways so like it was all encompassing there's a skate park on there there's football fields there's tennis courts there's basketball courts wait i didn't know that well, you i took you there but i didn't know there was like tennis courts and all that i just yeah. saw like a big field like a general big field yeah nah no we wore i'm i'm sure we wore i could be wrong i might i think i showed you the yeah, it could be wrong. But there's like six tennis courts. There's like a, a single basketball. And then there's like 
three football fields which like we would play on as well like organized um mm-hmm. that was like the home field mm-hmm. so it was perfect and then um we didn't have a skate park until like later on so it may have been the the reason for me loving the bikes and whatever else but um it helped for sure you've always been like this athlete doing all the sports yeah I, i've told this story a few times and you can probably ask my mom as well as um one of three boys so there's three years between each of us and i'm the middle child and obviously my mom's probably thinking how on earth do i deal with these little chipmunks and um so she read a book called raising boys i think it's quite a popular one in the in in the motherhood realm of things but um yeah i think the main thing she took from it was and i think one of her friends also said and she was like you know i've got these boys what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) probably not as extent as that um but she was like advised to the book or wherever else to just get us into as many sports as possible. So I think we'd tried pretty much every single sport growing up that I can remember. The only one she qu- pretty quickly dragged us out of was rugby, which I was growing up. I sort of I have a big appreciation for rugby. So I was just thinking, like, mm-hmm. why have you done that? But I remember at the time or later on, she was just like, oh, no, you're too pretty for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Which... Uh, yeah, so we didn't uh, didn't indulge in that too much. But there was plenty going on elsewhere, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really like, you know, oh, no, don't take me away from rugby. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we'd been, like, uh, exposed to it an awful lot. And we were young, so it was like, you just mm-hmm. switch it for another sport. Wow, I love that. Well, I just want to say, Scott took me to his hometown uh, in February of 2022. Yes. And when I went, I was prepared. Well, I was getting prepared to have like this culture shock, especially with your family, even though I've met them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like your hometown, like I thought it was going to be such a different world. Not Disney. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> I feel like it's just full of really similar values from how I grew up with, you know, family values, being able to have a community, friends, love and and banter, basically, like yeah. it's such a big thing. What were you expecting? I don't know. I don't know. I was expecting like a Disney energy. Oh, really? Very, very like out there. Very rural. Rough, rural. rural. Yeah, very like that. <laughs> because you kept saying that you were from outside of Manchester, so I'm like, uh, I don't know what this means. Like, like yeah. are you are you like really rural? But. <laughs> It's amazing. I don't know. I think it's so interesting that you guys are three boys. Mm-hmm. And then Darcy came like 10 years later. 10 years after me, six years after Owen, who's my younger brother. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Um, great. I mean, I was only 10, of course. But um, I remember, and I, I think I've told you this before, but maybe not to the extent, was I, I barely remember it like being broken to us, like the news. I don't maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. but then i remember my mom uh being heavily pregnant and she was like huge i was like mom you better not be having twins Mm -hmm. and um each day went by and one of uh, our teacher well my teacher at the time we would like line up for school in the morning um and she we'd she'd walk down the line make sure everyone's there and she'd be like scott is your mom give birth yet is your mom going to labor yet because they were like somewhat family friends or whatnot and um i was like nope not happened yet and i remember that going on for a short while and then I woke up one morning, maybe earlier than usual, and obviously I'm 10 years old, but I walk out of the bedroom door, and my nana's 
out like on the landing doing ironing and doing washing and i'm like nana what, what are you doing here it's tuesday morning and um she's like oh nothing your mom's going into labor i'm like all right <laughs> so, oh my God. and then um yeah so and i don't remember what i was thinking too much that day but i remember the teacher asked me again i was like yep it's happened and then like at the end of the day i must have been looking forward to it because at the end of the day my dad had come to pick me up um and he would walk over and we'd walk back and then and i walked out the gate in fact no i, I ran out the door the back door ran all the way down the hill chucked my uh, dad my bag and ran all the way home and probably like a i don't know 10 minute run but like i was mature enough to be like excited about it and it was like new because i obviously i don't remember being like owen being born or whatnot but it was like my sister and also like i hadn't had a sister before i got two brothers but like i don't know what it was i'm just sort of speculating almost but i was definitely excited and ran all the way home like i couldn't wait to see her Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. So, obviously, you're here. You're in the U.S. Yes. And uh, just tell me a little bit about when you decided to move here and why. <clears throat> um, when I decided, well, as you know, um, I first came over to the States when I was 12. And I was part of, like, a, a lacrosse exchange program where we live with a family um for two weeks and the 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 other boy that we're staying with is on like the american side of the team and we're on the english side of the team so they would come and stay with us the next year and it would alternate for four years so we'd do two trips there and they would do two trips to us and so when i got there i just it was annapolis maryland and i just love the energy and I think it was largely evolving around sports, largely evolving around weather. Um, and it was just amazing. Like everyone was just out and about doing stuff. And like, I remember just being like, this is incredible. I didn't really think probably too much deep into it, but you know, went back, the guy that I stayed with uh, dropped out of the program. So I had a bit of a slightly different experience for the rest of the three years, um, but still loved America, loved everything about mm -hmm. it. And then, didn't play lacrosse sort of too heavily um, in my like early teenage years, but like I was good enough to be on that team type thing. And um, yeah, and then like BMXing took over, but when that sort of ended around like 14 or 15, I was sort of like, what do I do now? Because I need a sport. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of doubled down on lacrosse. And then when the end of high school came around at 16, I remember um, my mom took me to like one of the nearby colleges because I was like, I don't know what to do like education wise. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a, a normal college, but they had like a trade school attached to it and they were doing like joinery or carpentry work. And I was like, I'm not doing books anymore. Like I want to do something physical. Mm -hmm. So that was the one class of school that like, you know, you'd sort of enjoy, but also like you could go to like university quote unquote with. <coughs> and my mom had a walk around. She's like, no, you're not doing this. Wait, but you would go to college when you're 16, right? Or something like that? Like yeah, so like high school is up to 16, and then you go to college or sixth form for 17 and 18 before you go to university, mm -hmm. which is college over here, which is synonymous for university. Um, and we not typically do three years at university. You guys always do four. Yeah. Um, and so 
yeah, she was like, you're not doing this. And so I looked at some other colleges and around the same time I was sort of doubling down on lacrosse and met uh, a travel team, the only English travel team that like would go to the States, play tournaments, try and get scouted. And so I joined a college um, at Marple College, started studying like sports and sports, what did I do? Sports, ITP or something like that. And um, one of my um, tutors there, who's the, the guy who's related to Ross, if you remember that whole story, it's a, a oh, small world okay. moment, um, was he coached the England team. And a few mm. a few guys who had played in the England team, like they were older than me, had worked through him in college and in the England team to um, get to the states. They both did like post grad postgraduate years from like an American high school to a postgraduate year, and then mm-hmm. going to university. And they were like good schools. They were like academy type schools or like affluent type areas where like lacrosse was big. Mm-hmm. So they ended up like being able to transfer or like network enough to go to a school. So I worked a lot with him and he helped me out a bunch. Um, But wait, did you have intentions of coming here already? Yeah. Since when, like when did you decide that? I mean, around probably that 16 mark of of after school being like, what do I want to do? I was like, okay, lacrosse. And then I was like, I can go to America. I can definitely figure that out. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and that and that, I guess that was a huge turning point because it just kind of like, you know, put me in this tunnel vision of like that's what I'm doing, and I never mm-hmm. like put an end vision on it or an end goal or an end date. It was just like I'm going to live there, mm-hmm. and like I knew like the cross was like the the vehicle for it. Okay. Um. But, and I didn't know how I was sort of going to figure it out, but I knew I was. And I didn't even doubt it for a second. I didn't even think, can I figure this out? I was just like, how do you do it? Okay, cool, I'll do that. That mentality right there is like so cool because yeah. so many people, especially because you came here when, you know, you came alone. Like you didn't come with your family. Mm-hmm. When I moved to the U.S., I was eight, but my whole family moved me. Yeah, and I they pl- they plotted everything. Well, that's the thing, and you know, I've uh, probably diverted on way too far of a tangent before, but that family I stayed with when I was twelve, my mom kept in touch with their mom, and they were friends on Facebook or whatever else. And so when I moved over at eighteen, I'd got a job at the Naval Academy in Annapolis through that same program. Uh-huh. But because of that program, I knew people in Annapolis, and I was going to Howard, which was only 40 minutes down the road from Annapolis. Okay. So when I was working at the Naval Academy, I stayed in Annapolis with that same family, and I hadn't seen them since I was 12. Wow. Okay, so you went back to stay with them when yeah. you went to college, like your yeah. first year exactly. being there. Okay. Well, because I arrived in America in the July, I wasn't moving into, th- into college till August, like the mm-hmm. month later, or... Yeah, maybe September or what have you. But, um, yeah, so they, like, picked me up from the airport. I don't actually remember that bit. I'm sure they did. (laughs) Picked me up from the airport. I stayed with them for that one night and just, like, what the hell? Like, we're all now older or whatever else, and here I am again. That's so crazy. And then they dropped me off at the Naval Academy the next morning, and I stayed there for two weeks and... 
yeah and then after that two weeks obviously i had another two weeks or whatnot before college started and i would have to go down to howard and i stayed with them and i stayed with pete who hosted me my first year who was like the other boy um so you had like you had homie energy now. you had a homie energy exactly for a long time it didn't feel like foreign it wasn't like i was diving mm. into like something completely new but only because of that yeah okay and also the coach was referred to me by someone i knew so it was like and he was like very personable very like uh you know made you feel at home he'd, he'd make sure mm-hmm. you looked after especially me because he had like you know a sort of connection with england from his time there so yeah I, I felt well looked after and it didn't feel too foreign at all i mean the most of it you're just jumping into a team full of new people which other freshmen are as well so yeah but then you like you're like no but that's true though because <laughs> when you when you're a freshman even if you live two hours away you live two hours away like you are detaching you know from your family some way yeah you know but you you went like what eight hour flight difference yeah it was like a eight hour flight to philadelphia then i used to get the train from philadelphia to bwi the uh train station in baltimore and then it was like 30 minutes to wherever i was going did you did you ever think you would go back and live in england no sorry mom uh the only time i've uh considered it or thought it could be like an option not that i was ever but like (laughs) <laughs> you know was um 2018 when i did my internship um with vivid but it's only because the weather was nice mm-hmm. all summer the company and the internship was great and the world cup was on the football was playing so oh that's true it was just good vibes all summer long that's interesting yeah but no not really wow but okay so what about your family like what do they think about you coming here um because i know you guys are really close <coughs> i just want to yeah. say that when I first met you, and you were like, yeah, we, I moved here when I was 16, blah, blah, blah. Like, you told me that you kind of yeah. like an overview of your story. Right. I was like, okay, I guess, like, maybe his family's here. If not, like, maybe they're not close or something. And you're so tight with your family. Like, you guys yeah. talk every single day. And it's so beautiful. But, yeah, like, how do they react to you wanting to come here? Um, they were all for it. I feel like they just sort of, like, knew it was best. Because um, I've always... <clears throat> don't know I've always sort of wanted to get out there and just do things all the time so I guess they didn't question it because it wouldn't have like stopped me per se but like even the closest people were like I hate to see you go but like you need to do this do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like they wanted best f- for me um, it's an interesting one really because like my dad worked away growing up so like I'm sort of used to like uh, being a bit of like a nomad maybe mm. I was like maybe it runs in our blood or whatever else because like Lewis is in Qatar Owen's in Canada like who's next that's so true exactly do you know what I mean your family's like all the, but they just happen now. <laughs> I mean like they, they yeah Lewis lives in London and then Owen obviously lives with like in Manchester with your mom but right now yeah but they've got the itch sorry that's mom that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah oh so my like God, poor jane yeah maybe it is that because i don't know i mean obviously like a large part of the whole thing was like the financial side of it like we can't get loans over here whatever else and like my dad was fully behind it but i probably wasn't like at least at the time i was like 16 17 i probably wasn't on the ba- best path back home anyway so my dad was like 
yeah get out of trouble this is what especially this is what you need and like supported yeah. that you know what i mean but yeah the people closest to me were like I hate to see you go but like this is what's best like mm-hmm. some people are like some people are like there's nothing back here for you <laughs> i'm sure there is but you know <laughs> honestly it's just so crazy how you just made a decision and it was like a very out there decision mm-hmm. like going back to your home all your friends are there all your family's there and yeah. i'm like wow like he just like one day I'm, I'm leaving bye <coughs> you know and you decided yeah. like this and you knew you could do it you knew you were gonna do it you didn't know how yeah you, you had no like step by step yet but you were like this is what i want to do yeah and i feel like with your family it's very like that like lewis is like out there you know like i'm doing this i'm doing that he just like believes he can do it and yeah do it same thing with owen like look he's in canada you know yeah and skiing and just like living his life what do you think gave you guys this mentality mentality like something from your childhood maybe gave you this like yeah you can do anything you want mentality mm-hmm. well i think i mean maybe subconsciously like um like dad working away maybe we have it like we're comfortable with that because it's, it's quite the norm to be away from home maybe um in hindsight i sort of looked at it like well one like the like i like being out and about and doing stuff and the weather is a huge impact on that so but again you're not really thinking of that but in hindsight <coughs> if you really look at it you know, you want to be out of your comfort zone, but being where you're like born, raised, where you're comfortable, it's so hard to get out of your comfort zone. And obviously you'll move out in some sense. Like I could have moved to like Manchester in the city, got a job, whatever else. But then again, like I'm sure I would have been home all the time. Even for Lewis, like he'll go home like, you know, somewhat often, but like at least it's like a two hour training. You're still out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. for me so much easier if you're physically out of your comfort zone i mm. i was like 18 traveling with like two big lacrosse bags on a plane then a train then jumping in a random car or whatever else i remember landing and i was in uh, philly 30th street station thinking like where am i what am i doing can't figure it out well tough shit scott you're gonna have to oh my god you don't have any other options you're like in the middle of nowhere by yourself nobody's there to help you i can't call my mom and be like mom i'm at thir- uh, 30th street station where do i go from here she's not gonna know yeah so like, that's when you like you have to start figuring it out and um yeah in hindsight that's been the best thing and it's probably like what i knew deep down that like mm-hmm. i needed um but yeah and now obviously like look at like owen for example i always tell him like get away do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that aspect. And now I've looked at it in retrospect. It's like, yeah, go for it. But also, That's like, so I don't know. I always th- I think about that. You remember that Adele carpool karaoke? Yeah. And she's like, oh, growing up, this and that. She's like, I wanted to get out. I don't know what I wanted to get out of, but I knew I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, like, whatever context she meant that in, it sounded somewhat similar, but, like, I, I, couldn't, I understand. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it felt like that. Otherwise, you're, like, stuck in the same confinements and, like, you're not going to excel. Yeah. I'm not saying that you yeah. can't, because obviously I know a lot of people back home that like, have them really well, but like for me at least, that's like how I felt. That's interesting. I love that because I think I grew up in that way where my dad, especially specifically my dad, would always be like, oh, you want to do this? Okay, go, go do it. Like it was, it was there was yeah. never 
like adult. It was never it just with himself too. Like he set an example of like, I'm gonna do this. It's like, Dad, how are you gonna do all that? Like, I'm just gonna do it. Like, and he goes and does it, and, and the example is like amazing because then you show your your children. Oh my God, like you can do whatever you want. And I think mm-hmm. my whole, you know, my dad's story is really crazy. Where he moved to the U.S. not knowing any English, and then you know, built a life like him and my mom like built a, a complete different life. Uh, in their profession, in their passion, mm-hmm. and became very successful within their fields, and they were able to raise us three, you know, and us three were just like, <clears throat> yeah, like, you want to go do it, okay, like you know, yeah. go do whatever, whatever you want, yeah. And we're also with this attitude of like, the hardest part is figuring out what you want to do because once you decide, all you have to do is just like kill those obstacles, like. You know, yeah. overcome these obstacles little by little, step by step, and you just get to where where it is. You know, yeah. It's such a crazy story as well about your your parents and your dad and all that stuff. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you, like you would have subconsciously seen that or like felt it, and so like mm-hmm. you carry it today. Because I remember, like, I was probably s- must have been sixteen or seventeen, and I'm sat there on this family computer in the hallway, like figuring out visa documents and booking myself like an embassy. Wait, how old are you? I, was, I must have been 16 or 17 because I left at 18. That's insane. You had to deal uh, with like such serious stuff like that. Yeah, my parents had never done anything like that. So I'm sure they, they might have been looking over my shoulder or like whatever else. But right. like my booking embassy appointments. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like, what are you doing? I'm like, doing it. That's so funny because <laughs> we went to England, obviously, to um, to visit your family, but also to get your visa. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for so many years. Like figuring yeah. this out like getting all this paperwork and whatever yeah it, yeah like i said it was i mean it was all part of the process and you're not about to argue with mm. a, a visa process or whatever else so it's just like okay what do i need to do how do i get it done find a way that's so wild yeah wow i remember when i was in high school i had the same mentality of like i want to i want to leave like i don't know where i don't know why like i just had this feeling of like i want to i want to figure something out differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is not the way I want to figure things out. And uh, I did not have the grades. I did not have the money, like, at all. I didn't pay attention to school in high school. Like, I didn't. Like, I didn't really care that much. I was lucky enough to have gone um, a good GPA. I don't know. I don't know how, but... Um, then I ended up going to FSU... And I did study abroad. Like, I did a, a lot of things with FSU. And it's, like, eight hours away from my house. Like, I lived in a dorm. I, I did all that. And, like, with absolutely no means. Like, my parents had no means to support me through college. Like, at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> like, and, you know, my parents are just like, yeah, go. Like, you know, do your thing. And there was just never a question that was like, hmm, how am I going to pick this semester? Like, it just, it was never a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really did work out. It worked out. Like, last-minute scholarships, I was able to get into these programs where they, you know, it's like, um, you work certain hours uh, a week at the library, and then they, like, fund you to, like, maybe two classes or something like that. And, uh, and it just worked out to the best you know the best outcome like 
I did not want to stay here and it was like the experience that I needed to get out and figure out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. Yeah. And it didn't matter how or like like what I was looking for. It was it was just like a matter of deciding that I was going. Yeah. You know? And you, your parents and, and our parents probably like thought the same way in terms of like being out of your comfort zone, whatever else. You know, it's like first day of school and they see you off like go meet your new friends or whatever else but they know you're gonna love it but you're scared or whatever else yeah you know what I mean? yeah i'm sure they knew yeah 100 percent. but what's best they didn't want me to stay for sure and they're just like you're meant to like go with this stuff you know didn't want you to stay in miami well not that they didn't want me to stay it's just like it, it's kind of like what you were talking about how it was for the best like they yeah. knew i wanted something else they knew i wasn't happy staying home and so they're like whatever makes you happy you know yeah sometimes you got debt yeah okay so now tell me a little bit about what you're doing now in terms of your career and how you got there oh boy um <clears throat> yes i work in tech recruitment um here in miami and miami, miami <laughs> yeah. um and it's like phone based sales and consulting um and how i'd got there wait do you like miami i love it do you i feel like you don't like miami what do you mean <laughs> scott loves miami <laughs> danny started talking about moving to south carolina like what are you talking <laughs> about that's not in the question i just need a little winter <laughs> <laughs> you can have 68 degrees first thing in the morning that's about it <laughs> um and how i got there so i um in between um college like in the summers and at like christmas new year time so like in the summers you probably get like three four months and i'd go home for that which is always nice mm -hmm. catching up with family whatever else christmas you probably get like a month or so and um so i was working like odd jobs during that time i was like a laborer during like my f early years then the later years i was working in the hotel at the bar that i was telling you about mm -hmm. and um yeah then that final year i was like i need to do something like that will help me get a job so i can stay right mm -hmm. and um so in between my well in my junior year i was sat in the back of class literally just pinging out applications on linkedin pinging out applications on indeed whatever it was and um but you wanted to do recruitment no that wasn't i was applying for like i think it was mostly like sales marketing internships but it was quite random stuff like mm -hmm. i was looking at things like in manchester that were like just internships that sort of suited my situation mm -hmm. and most of it was like marketing or sales or what have you and so um I went home that last summer and I went straight from the airport to a lacrosse tournament and in between games I'm catching up with people and I'm chatting to them about this because I had actually got an internship sorted in Manchester um, that I wasn't really a fan of but what happened is actually I, I got home and I went into this job and it ended being like a street selling job it was like, you know, the folks you see in the middle of the street, stopping mm -hmm. in the street, whatever else. But at that tournament, I was chatting to one of the dads that I used to like coach with. 
And I was like, can't figure this job stuff out. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about recruitment? Because recruitment's quite big in the UK. Like, you know, it's quite a saturated thing. Everyone's, like, there's quite a lot of people into it that you could connect with. Is it really competitive? Yeah. And I'd, well, there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Like, a lot of people go in and out of recruitment. Not in and out, but, like, mm-hmm. out, like, quickly. Um, I should know that word, working in the staffing industry, <laughs> but it's slipped my mind. Um and I was like, I have thought about it. Like the summer before, I tried to connect with one of my brother's friends, and he, you know, ended up didn't help help mm-hmm. me out or wh- whatever else happened. And he was like, Oh, you should go and speak to Tracy. I'm like, That's Tracy. And he's like, Oh, it's one of the lads' mums. You don't play with him because he's younger or whatever else. But she runs her own recruitment company. I was like, Where is she? He's like, Oh, she's around here somewhere. So I went and met her, and then I was like. I'll, I'll grab a beer I'll be back out because it's like a beer garden and we just sat over a beer and we're chatting about it she basically works in like rec to rec where it's like she's a recruiter that helps recruiters get recruitment jobs which is all a bit mental mm-hmm. but it she, makes sense though yeah so she'd given me like insight into it and then given me um, a couple of like documents for various companies and tried to like set up interviews for me with them um, nothing had really come of it and while I'm still speaking to her in the background I'd finally quit this street selling job because I'm spending more money than I am making because it was like commission only and I'm skin I'm a student so it's mm-hmm. like I can't do that so I'd taken another job but they misread my CV and thought like I um, I already graduated and they're like, mm. Why, like you don't want to go back to America and I was like nah it's not for me I kind of just went along with it because I didn't realize until face-to-face interview that they misread my CV oh. they asked me a question and was like oh you're done in America now and I was like yeah oh because you were still in college yeah when you went in between my junior okay, okay, senior yeah. okay like face-to-face interview on the spot she's like, oh you finished and I'm like yeah literally the date was correct on it so she just misread it oh. nuts but they were paying me like pretty decent and my thought was like just roll with it it was like business development manager job mm-hmm. roll with it and then just quit at the end of the summer and go back to college mm-hmm. I've, they paid me whatever else do you know what i mean because yeah, like yeah. everywhere that wanted to give me a job were just like oh you going back to america no yeah and you just wanted a summer job exactly yeah but like not back in the hotel like i wanted something that would like materialize yeah so weirdly after that first day i went back home and i got a call from a random number i'm thinking god's sake who's this like sick of taking these calls now interviewing whatever else and i'm in disney so i've got barely any signal why were you in disney were you living there yeah no my 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 parents had moved up there at the time so we'd move i was living i just want to say that disley for all americans that don't know where disley is it's like a really nice cottage living area outside of hazel grove and is it north north or no it's more south more south okay yeah more south it's two two villages more south (laughs) 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 but very different and it's beautiful but scott really doesn't I guess, like it? No, it's just that, like, it's very rural and um, Hazel Grove's, I guess, more of, like, a little metropolitan hub where things happen. Whereas, like... And you're more like a city person. Up in the hills, it's like, you know... We rented a cottage for, I believe it was, like, five days. By the fourth day, Scott was just 
literally like ready to go back to America. He's like, please, let's go home My early. Pacing back and <laughs> forth. <laughs> he was so over the cottage life. But just the rain, <laughs> just like gray and rain all the time. You can't go out. And so if um, it wasn't raining, you wouldn't you wouldn't care. Potentially, yeah, because we would have got out and about and started hiking, doing stuff, and that would have kind of surpassed the time. And obviously, it was a bit complicated with work and whatever else. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't. For me, it wasn't the rain; it was the cold. Like it was like really. Oh really? It was, <laughs> but it was really <laughs> abnormally cold. But other than that, it was fine. I like normally cold. I could have okay. stayed there for two weeks. She's lying. No. No way. <laughs> I'd said to, I'd said to Danny, I said, I had my visa and she's like, let's go home early. And she's like, no, we never get this opportunity to travel and this, that and the other. And I was like, fine. Actually, just let her mull it over for a second and let's see what she thinks. Give it 20 minutes. She's like, okay, let's go back home. Oh, my <laughs> God. I knew you wanted to go home. Like, we love to work. And now you call it home. We're very, like, workaholic. Not workaholics, but, like, we like to work. So yeah. being on a vacation for 10 days was like, <laughs> yeah, but also the whole vibe of it here, like you could be working really hard and it still feels like, you know, you still go to the beach. Like as you're you on vacation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're on holiday. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, but no, so yeah, I got that random call and I honestly kind of answered it with a bit of attitude and it's just like, what now? So then that call as opposed to like dodging or hiding the truth or whatever else i was just like look i'm sorry to interrupt but like i want to go to america and so like if that closes during this opportunity so be it and she's like no no i've seen you being in america and we'd like we want you to go i'm we, like we was that vivid yeah oh. and i was like bullshit <laughs> so like i kind of give her my spiel she asked for like my story or whatever else and she goes hang on a minute let me just put you on with the sales manager. Like you told her that you everything. Know, you were, okay, okay. Everything, because I was like, I'm not gonna waste my time anymore. I have this job. I could just get money from that and go back. Right. Less headaches. But obviously, I couldn't really like tell much truth before because I needed some money. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so, and like the business development manager job, I could use that on my resume. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, she's like, hang on a minute. Let me put you on to the sales manager who like ran the office. So I give him my spiel. I mustn't have shut up for about 20 minutes. And he didn't say anything. Pretty much dead silent. And bearing in mind, I don't know many people that have like gone, uh, at, at that time at least, hadn't known many people other than the like three or four lacrosse people that had gone over and done the same thing. Didn't really know many people. So like I'd given him the spiel and he just like goes, yeah, I did pretty much exactly the same thing. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I played football uh, in Florida and then came back home, worked in the London office, did well, then I opened up the Manchester office. I'm like, what? And then mm -hmm. he's like, so what's your situation at the minute? And I'm explaining to him this, this business development manager job. It's in like Hazel Grove's uh, business district. It's, it's a new district, so it's just like an industrial park of like random office buildings. And he's like, I know what you mean. Just come into the office. You'll know what I'm talking about. And it was like bang in the middle of Manchester, St. Peter's Square, beautiful brand new building, brand new offices. And this WeWork were like double biscuit barrels, coffee on tap. Wait, you guys are in WeWork? Beers on tap. At that time they were in WeWork, yeah. And it was a hoot because we had like ping pong table and it was an office of like 12 boys. And it was just <laughs> all sports people. Like you had like boxers, rugby players. That is so you, else. it's crazy. Exactly. So 
I obviously fell in love with that pretty quickly and the internship um you know exposed me to it and at the time i think it sort of wait, wait, wait. so you did the internship there you're like okay i'm gonna quit the other one and then you did that oh yeah yeah um yeah i called i think i yeah i called i called them and quit like i told them i was quitting okay or okay. like i'd quit or got another after you saw the ping pong table at we work no i hadn't seen it yet <laughs> i hadn't really fallen in love with it as i have now but um <laughs> But yeah, I loved it. I mean, I went in and met the guys and they were clearly like busy. They were clearly into what they were doing. And honestly, like a phone call with the sales manager, like he was slick on the phone. He was good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell. And I was like, I want to be like that. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did the internship and I got, I got really lucky because like, that manager that I worked for, like I, I did, you know, help with a couple of placements in my internship because I was just a resourcer, just speaking with candidates. And so, okay, okay, yeah. And so I was like facilitating the consultants mm -hmm. who were like 360. And so he was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. After you graduate, you come back here for a bit, you do well, then you can go back out. And I was like, on that, like, you know, what I mean, I want to just stay out there because if I come back then there's like the whole struggle to get back across and also what it like you know i've got momentum i've got like five years of momentum here i okay, need wait, to stay but why because now you're like really strong about staying in in the u.s yeah like if it was like well if it comes out you know if you know college whatever yeah but now you're finishing college you're like i want to stay yeah because if you come back there's always the the trouble of getting back across not like people you know time difference visas like no i'm saying like you decided that you really wanted to stay in the u.s at this point no i, I knew from early like from when i first started telling this and when i was like i'm gonna live there oh like even after college yes like you yes. just wanted to live your life here yes interesting yes not like the college experience and then go home yeah that's what i was thinking i'm no. like yeah you know like experience it like let me see if i like it i mean even if that was the case i'd, I'd have loved it and stayed anyway but like from even that first trip i was like i want to live here right okay okay i see see when i went to college in fsu i didn't want to stay in tallahassee i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> okay mm -hmm. um but then luckily the um the like sales director for like the uk came into the office and he had one-on-ones with everyone and uh i was like i'm an intern he's not gonna meet with me but then he grabbed me last and was like so what's the story like how's it going and i doubt he wanted to know about my work and these candidates that i'm throwing around to you know my <laughs> colleagues but i was like yeah this is a story i want to go to america i mean you know the manager here has mentioned like i might have to come back and then go back across and like, i don't want to do that i just want to stay and i think he had actually cut me off at that point it's like no we'll just keep you there and i was like oh my god what is happening and he was like yeah uh la is like you know the flagship office like you know they need people at the minute but i appreciate you have another year to do so give me a call at christmas when you come back and you know we'll sort it out so i, I called him or i sent an email to them you know connected again whatever else and he's like oh miami need people now and i'm like la miami so I don't care where you send me, just send me, like, you know what I mean? Because I remember you asking me a while ago, like, if, if it was Michigan, would you have gone? Like, <laughs> I don't care, like, just keep me across. <laughs> I would have got some cold then for sure. I mean, those options, LA, Miami, like, great. Uh, well, but exactly. what if it was, like, in the middle of nowhere? Like uh, Even if it was Mount Olive, I would have had to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah. Somehow. But um, yeah, so I graduated, went straight from North Carolina to Miami. And here we are. And it, it sounds like, you know, I know a lot of people that have tried this and sort of maybe failed or gone back home or it's given them a headache, you know, and yeah. a lot of things. But I mean, I'd say lucky for sure, but obviously some sort of work goes into it. And I honestly, I, I can't say like hard work's gone into it. I can, but like, not like visibly, it was all just part of the journey for me. But sitting in the back of class, pinging out applications was the hard work for me. It feels like that was the pivoting point because she called me and was like, you applied for our internship on Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever it was. I'm like, did I? <laughs> Literally, because I had pinged so many out. Like I'm, I'm turning quick apply on, just being like, ping, ping, Yeah, ping. yeah, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, we'd started the Miami office. It was probably about four, no, five, six of us. Maybe Joel and I were like, maybe seven or, seven or eight. But there was like five salespeople. Um, and then, yeah, three and a half years later, we're probably like, our peak's probably been about 20, maybe 25. That's so amazing. I love that recruitment is getting bigger and bigger in the U.S. I yeah. Feel like it's, it should be a big deal. I feel like, <clears throat> especially in the U.S., it is quite big. Like, I feel like there's always a lot of recruiters out there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it can be a good business. But, like, in terms of good recruitment companies that, like, have legitimate sales behind them and whatever else, like, I remember speaking to, like, one of the team and he was like yeah i was interviewing with some other recruitment company i was like oh so why did you go with us he was like honestly i jumped on this zoom call this other company's like all working from home none of them none of them have their camera on their bosses sat in the call telling them to put the camera on they're not listening to him half the people are late no one seems like they're on the ball but like when i spoke with you guys like you're on it like you know what wow. i mean like, yeah and that was only you'd only told me that recently but like it's definitely getting better in terms of like quality, you know, it's, but I think it, a lot of it comes down to the training, which is really hard to find like good sales trainers, mm -hmm. not even sales trainers, but like recruitment trainers. Okay. Like that specific type of sales, but like sales mm -hmm. trainers in general, like dime a dozen, like tough to come by. Mm -hmm. And so like, I mean, it's like a organic growth model for us. So like, you just have to like continue teaching like the next sort of, generation but like you know you have to do that well because um that's kind of how you set yourselves apart but yeah there's a lot of shitty, re shitty recruitment companies or shitty recruiters out there and like trying to not be one of them <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean like because to be fair like when i told tracy that woman back home who tried to help me with the interviews mm -hmm. and stuff i was like hey um i got a job with g2v like vivid is part of g2v and she was like oh great they have amazing training this, that, and the other, like, she knew the industry wow, well, and especially yeah. the local industry. She was like, yeah, you'll be fine. And that's really cool. Like, the bigger you guys go, I feel like your reputation just goes with you. Like, oh, you know, they have really good recruiting or, like, rec uh, training yeah. methods. Like, boom. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I noticed it pretty early. I mean, we had um, a sales trainer in the UK, and he was just like, you know, anything that he said was just, like, gold. And it's just like, hang on a minute, let me know that down and whatever else. But like, they're very, I mean, even, wh even when I started my internship, the manager had each of the 11 or 12 consultants do 
an individual session with me each on different parts of recruitment. Oh. Yeah. So Is like, like n- not normal. No, he was just kind of like delegating it, giving them responsibility. And and you don't recommend that. No, I do. Hundred percent. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just goes to show, like you know how important like the training is to it so. oh i see what you mean like because yeah. they were trained well like they could train yeah more. and you know they say you don't know something until you can teach it right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it helps to like sort of instill that and yeah you know it's been great um what's your favorite thing about recruiting um probably just like the the chase <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> like the the Obviously, the com- there's just so much going on that it's like you're always out of your comfort zone and you've got to find a way to, to make sense of it all. Like, organized chaos would be optimal, but most of the time it's probably going to be chaos. Yeah, like, you're li- you're really out of your comfort zone <coughs> every day. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff always happening and, um, yeah, you got to make sure you're on top of it. Because even when I was doing the internship and I was, th- I was only doing one side of the business, I was thinking, like, holy shit, this is a lot of information. <laughs> You know what I mean? I was like, I can't imagine like having like the whole client side of things as well. And yeah. Then, like, then how do you guys do it? Because you guys do. Well, do you want to explain like how you guys do it? Yeah. Versus other recruiting companies. Yeah, I guess uh, some or most. I don't. I don't know. Uh, recruitment companies will have like they'll have a split. So like there'll be a bunch of resources. They all focus on speaking to candidates and delivering candidates like a delivery consultant delivering candidates to account managers who only do the account management or only the BD side of things, business development. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, the business development business development manager may pull a job, like get a job from a client, but then they'll be like, okay, resources, go and find this for me. Whereas I do 360 recruitment, so I would do both of that. So I would get the job and I would go out to get the candidate, so they only mm-hmm. have me in between. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that's that's always been the way with, like, our, our model. I mean, obviously, I was an intern, so we'd, um, and, but there's no one else in the company, like, doing that, and I don't think they, like, mm. sort of looked at internships enough, because, um, you know, it can lead to many good things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, that's the model, so it, it does make it very hectic, um but i mean when i was getting into the job full time after the internship i wasn't thinking holy shit it's gonna be a lot of information it's just like bring it on like i'll figure it out yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like you were expecting it yeah i was quite excited for it because like even when you're speaking to like when i was speaking to candidates in my internship if it was a senior candidate or like a manager as a candidate that could also be a business development opportunity Mm -hmm. to be like yes you're a candidate but yes you also hire so what are you hiring for? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I like, love that. yeah, there's and even, you know, mm-hmm. vice versa. It's, it's all. At the end of the day, you just need like sort of like recruitment IQ and recruitment IQ because there's opportunities with whomever you speak to on both sides of the coin. Yeah, I know that you tell me stories of like, oh yeah, no, I, re- I, she was a candidate like a couple years ago, but now she's the hiring manager for this company. So um, yeah, you know, so I'm actually recruiting for her now. I'm like, what? Yeah, That's exactly. Amazing. Or even like someone I used to hire for might call me, but I just got to get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not enjoyable anymore. Can you find me a new opportunity? Yeah. And so 
now that you're you know you're teaching and you're training mm -hmm. um a lot of new recruiters what do you see is like one of the most important skills to have as a recruiter mm, good question um i think being coachable but everyone is early on and then you're like sort of seep into like bad habits or like you know your own habits and kind of veer away from like those fundamental things and you have to adapt a lot as well and so like i think that you should just continue to learn continue to like be a sponge keep learning okay. always sort of be coachable and also like even for myself like you know i take things from the more junior people or people you know adjacent to me or people above me like you just always have to be open to that i think if at any point you think you've learned it all then you're shooting yourself in the foot and that's like for as long as you have that mentality that's the end of it like i love that you said coachable because i've never really heard that term to you know define like i, I would call it like being open-minded to learn or like open to learning mm -hmm. or like but like being coachable like yeah like always yeah. learning always like yeah improvising and being able to take in new ideas new challenges like find different techniques that's really cool yeah exactly and i think that like it's an interesting one because of uh you know if you start doing well you're gonna think you're shit hot you're gonna think you don't need to listen to anyone you're gonna think that you know it all and i've been there <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah like we all we all, we all go i do know what you meant yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like i say you um yeah you need to you know stay open but like keep working hard mm -hmm. um and it's about it really i mean it's the most important thing for sure yeah um, i think being open-minded especially when it's like o an overwhelming job sometimes yeah i think you have to always be like okay how can i do this better or like yeah. how can i how can i make <coughs> this more efficient or like what is like my my top priority right now yeah because that priority might not be your priority in two weeks you know yeah. well i mean when everyone jumps into recruitment you'll find out who like who you are is like amplified because i'm like a bit of like you know adhd type kid i would i went i'd go into the office and be like phone 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 zero organization Oh my God. Ab absolute <laughs> shit show in organization so then you gotta kind of taper that in and balance it out right. a little bit you know what i mean whereas like joel when i started with joel he was way more like organization he had like these excels these follow-up processes so important for the job and then obviously like he like picked up the phone part which he did very well anyway because he just had confidence but like you still knew yeah whereas like the internship obviously held with like the phone and those conversations but like that's how i am anyway i have as you know the most fun when i'm just on the phone and like it, you know mm -hmm. you're you're in the mixer type thing and then and yeah and when we were doing like our management training like that was it you're like two types you're either far on this side or you're far on that side and you got to balance that out wow that's interesting yeah exactly um so it's finding that too I, it's so funny because now that you say that, I realize you're always like, I need to get organized. Yeah, no, it's, it's doing. I'm doing great, but I just need to get organized. I need to get like it's always yeah. on your mind because you know you always put it on the side. Yeah. So like <laughs> no, always. And then I'll sit down like I'm gonna do it. Two seconds in, I'm like, oh, bond this. Like, like who can I call? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we keep this house organized because I feel like I'm like that too. Like being organized yeah. is. 
something that I have to be aware of. Yeah, but that's like physical, like you're up and about, you're doing things. But still, it's like your life. Like mentally, you're like, I need to get my life organized. I know. But think about it, you sat there looking at an Excel spreadsheet, like the thought of that is just... Oh my God, it's horrible. It's tough. We've tried to do Excel <laughs> sheets for like us together and like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that actually. I did all of that. I did all of it. But no, I mean, I don't know. I wish I was a bit more <laughs> bit more open to that. Well, I mean, it's a continuous. Or do you wish? It's a continuous. Or do you not? Yeah, true. I wish that I liked it. Like, I do it now. and I'm, I don't I'm, wish to like it. I'm better at it. Yeah. I don't wish to like it. No. No? No. <laughs> Which sucks, but like, you know, you have to do it. I feel like you're a bit more nerdy anyway, and like, you, you studious was the word I, I was looking for. You would think that me being an attorney, that I'll be organized. I was not. Really? And I, like now, it's still like a thing for me where, actually today I spent 30 minutes organizing a virtual agenda. Because like, I couldn't do physical agenda, like a planner. Oh yeah, no, no. It's too much for me. So now I'm doing it with my iPad, and it, I struggled. I'm like, how do I want to get organized? Nothing amuses me. Like nothing. Oh wait, like do you mean like as opposed to like a, a a written diary? You just, I mean, you could use like Windows to do or like no, your calendar. Like where am I gonna save it? Like I don't know where I'm gonna save it. Save it. <laughs> You're silly. You just <laughs> I honestly just ram it all in my calendar, and I have like. 70 reminders on average i want to see your calendar. all the time i would love to see that yeah and i'll probably take the yearly like clear out like oh maybe i should get rid of it <laughs> no i'm joking you it's, have like ten thousand emails it's unopened. More, I literally well no that's i actually do i got over the ten thousand mark this week but you, that's that's not my fault though that is like the in from the internship they kept my email active so then a year goes by and i have all this backlog of emails mm. so mm. it's a shit show but it's mm. not me i promise i'm really Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast and interviewing. I mean, me interviewing you. Um, I know you requested it because you did. I did. And thank you so much for being here. And I love you. And bye. Love you. <laughs>